You're listening to the Calm Collective Podcast, and I'm your host, Cassandra. This show was created with the sole intention to bring forth human connection, a space for you to be truly heard, felt, and understood. Here, we dive deep into experiences with grief and loss, growth and expansion, and the human experience as a whole through candid conversations. My mission is to leave no stone unturned so that together we can be reminded day in and day out that we're never in any of this alone, that the ability to create a life that we love, a life that we deserve is within us. So excited and grateful that you're here, whether this is your first time listening or your 100th plus time listening. No matter what, I'm just, my cup runneth over. I love doing this. I love showing up in this space and having these awesome conversations with really amazing humans. And today is no different. Um, Today we are talking all things human design. So for those of you who know human design or dabbling into human design, this episode is definitely for you. It is especially for you if you are a projector. I'm a projector 3-5 in human design, and so is Ardelia Lee, today's guest. Ardelia Lee is a human design projector, podcaster, and guide for all of her fellow projectors out there. Since discovering human design about three years ago, she's been on such a mission to support projectors in their deconditioning and to really help them understand and celebrate their unique energy, both in life and in business. She has been such a guiding force for me um, when it comes to really learning the specifics of my design and not so that it takes over my life, but supports it in this really beautiful, gentle way. And so I'm so grateful to have found her years ago um, and so excited to introduce her to all of you. And so I um, will definitely have Ardelia explain this as well, but if you would like to learn your human design before we get into today's episode, I highly recommend that. So What I encourage you to do before you continue listening is to scroll down to the show notes and click where it says, get your human design here. You do need to know your exact birth time and place of birth. So if you need to contact your parents, caregivers, um, or find your birth certificate for that information, do that first and then come back and join us. It's going to be such a good conversation. Um, Even if you're not a projector, um, this episode is still for you because there are probably projectors that you know in your life. And if you're even listening to this episode, it means that you are intrigued by what human design is. And so I really do, um, I really do encourage you to listen because there might be projectors in your life that you want to support or better understand. Okay. So let's get to today's episode with Ardelia Lee, all about projectors and human design. So I love all things human design, but I do have to say it's so refreshing to have a platform that I can visit where it's specific to my own. So in this case, being a projector. So first things first, just thank you for creating this space because it's been so immensely helpful. I've been known to go down the rabbit hole of your podcast because it feels like this consistent breath of fresh air and just reassurance that sometimes we all need. Yeah, you're so welcome. It really, I did it for me. I did like in true selfish projector fashion. I created that because I needed a space to just kind of express what I was feeling. And honestly, I was a little frustrated because in my early days, all I could find when it came to projectors was wait for the invitation. And I was Mm -hmm. like, but but what does that look like? Like I need more of that factual step-by-step process because I'm a very like you do this first and then yes. you do this next and I couldn't find that mm-hmm. so I decided to create that podcast just as a way to to share my journey with other projectors and be like look it's not the death sentence it sometimes feels like totally yeah and there's so many good nuggets that it's so fun to watch you just with your wisdom with human design and you know being a projector really evolve it's like it's really cool because every episode it's like you 
get deeper and deeper and more creative with the projector lifestyle. For instance, like we'll get into this, but the way that you've even taken human design within business is so amazing. Like even naming or finding your business's design. I was like, I'm mind blown right now. It's, it makes so much sense, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we are going to talk about that. But so first, before we get into all things projectors, what piqued your interest with human design? So where did you first hear about it? Yeah, so I discovered actually human design was brought to me. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what happens with a lot of projectors. Yeah. And a lot of us are like, well, I actually didn't find it myself. Somebody suggested it to me. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened with me. I was working with um, Kristen Jett, who is an amazing um, mentor at starletstrategies.com. And I was working with her and I was part of her like mastermind program at the time. And I had created like this amazing launch plan, right? And I, I followed it like to the T because I am nothing if not like very step by step. And so I did that and I got zero mm-hmm. results. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she's like, okay, I'm going to be honest. If I did that exact same thing you did, I would have gotten all these results. And I was right. like, I know what is going on. Yeah. And she said, so there's this thing called human design and I think you're a projector. And I was like, what does that even mean? And yeah. So that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. Got it. Okay. So how did you notice it changing your life to the point where you knew you wanted to share its wisdom with others? Or rather, what was your like before you understood human design and your own unique chart compared to what it's like now? Yeah. So when I first started really diving into human design, uh, I was pretty bitter and I was pretty angry Mm -hmm. because I had just come from this like big business failure, right? I was like, I'm going to launch this thing. It's going to be amazing. And I did everything I was supposed to do. Right. Um, and, and it didn't work. And then finding out that I was a projector and I was like, what does this mean? Wait for the invitation. Cause I'm, I, I've always thought of myself as like a go-getter, right? I'm very mm-hmm. much type A. I have to do like laundry day is Wednesday and Saturday. It <laughs> yeah. is not Thursday and Sunday, like that kind of thing. And so finding out that I am not supposed to be like the super consistent, like really super go get them initiative person. I was like, what? Yeah. So I spent a few months angry and bitter. And that was really, I, I pulled back from everything. I, I kind of went on like a hiatus quote unquote from my already unsuccessful business, mm. but it was like, I just needed time to figure out what it meant to be myself as a projector and to really just process what I was learning. So I, I took that time off and I I just really kind of went internally Mm -hmm. and I could feel at that time, like my brain tingled. Did that even make sense? Mm, Like as I'm processing learning. Yeah. So I was like, I I could feel like I was making big breakthroughs, even though I wasn't actually doing anything. And then, you know, after those first few months, I kind of got over that hump and it was like, okay, I am a projector. Let's go learn more about this and figure out what works and what doesn't. Right. And that's really what set me on that path to being like, oh my gosh, projectiveness is amazing because I found it and it didn't make any sense. The less, not necessarily the less I did, but the more I did that was like, that felt fun and felt good to me instead of these shoulds, like I should do this, I should do that. Instead of doing, I want to do this, this feels fun, this feels good. It just like everything changed. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, business can be fun. Life can be enjoyable. Who knew? So that was kind of like my big aha moment. Uh, I love that so much. So I'm not going to get really into like the logistics of what is human design because I've had a few episodes on it before and I don't want to like beat a dead horse. So I hate that expression. I, there needs to be a different one. It's such a violent expression. <laughs> But what I do want to do for the sake of this episode is can you, um, so in the intro, I encourage everybody to find their chart, um, find out their design, because if they are a projector, they might really want to hone in. If they know a projector, they might want to hone in. So instead, can you break down in your own Ardelia Lee words, what a projector is and maybe some of the frustrations, the really beautiful parts, all that. Yes. So a projector, first of all, is a what we call a non-energy type. And that means we need a bit more rest than the other types. We move a little slower. Um, essentially, the way I kind of like to view projectors is we are like the air traffic controllers of 
human design. We are kind of motioning people, oh, come on, go this way. This is a really good path for you. Or we're helping them use their energy mm-hmm. in a more efficient way so we don't have all these train wrecks, right? right. Um, so I like to view us as air traffic controllers and then also really kind of creators. And I feel like sometimes there's there's this like idea of the ideal projector and the ideal projector is a coach or a mentor or a guide. And I've had a lot of projectors be like, but I don't resonate with that. I want to be a creator. And I always say, good, be a creator because you can guide through your creations. Um, So we're kind of air traffic controllers, guiders, guides, guys, and creators. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then some of the frustrations that projectors encounter, definitely not having the energy to keep up with everyone. Uh, Projectors just can't. So if you know, you may be able to like spot the projector. And so for all the non-projector types, I would love to invite you to play a game called Spot the Projector or the Reflector. (laughs) Um, Generally, these are the people who are always exhausted and or take lots of naps and or are sitting catatonic at a party because they're overwhelmed. So, you know, that tends to be one of those frustrations is just not having the energy to do all the things we want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also having to wait to be recognized because projectors have a lot of wisdom to share. We've got a lot of insights, but unless someone comes up to us and is like, Hey, I want you to share your thoughts with me, we're not going to be heard. So that can also be a frustration because we're like, we see what you're doing wrong. Let us help you. Yeah, it is very, very, very frustrating. So as far as like being, um, when you say creator, because we talked about guides could be like a coach or whatever, what are some examples of like a creator? Would that be like an artist or like, quote unquote, like an influencer, things like that? Is that what you're? Yes, definitely. YouTuber, podcaster, Whatever. If you create something and it lights you up, yeah, you check that box. That's cool. Okay. So I want to talk about the not-self theme. Oftentimes this trips people up because it does sound a bit confusing. So each design type has a not-self theme, but for the sake of today, focusing on projectors, can you talk about ours, ours specifically, that bitterness? Yes, bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, so real, too. When I found out about being a projector and the not self theme, I was like, that is so accurate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so with bitterness, I have discovered that bitterness tends to go hand in hand with anger Mm -hmm. or frustration. Mm -hmm. So you may not be feeling just bitterness by itself. You may also be feeling some anger or some, like some frustration and bitterness tends to happen when we initiate or when we do too much And so if you are feeling bitterness, that is definitely a red flag to take a step back and be like, okay, wait a second. Where have I not been working with my energy? You know, Mm -hmm. where have I been initiating? Where have I been doing too much? Or where do I not feel seen? Because sometimes we feel bitter in relationships in regard to another person because Mm -hmm. we feel like they are not seeing us or recognizing what we need. So that can kind of open up the the pathway of communication if you're able to kind of overcome that bitterness and be like, look, I don't feel seen. Mm-hmm. This is what I need to feel seen. Mm-hmm. What can it look like to, to take a step back? Could that be just where the fun comes into play? Like do something that lights you up, that kind of separates you from that, that angst and that anxiety of not being seen or recognized? Yes, for sure. And also, so if you are in the middle of currently like doing something like a project, Mm -hmm. stopping if Mm -hmm. that is possible. Mm -hmm. So if like if you initiated something and now it's going really poorly and you're feeling really bitter about it, not moving forward with that, just stopping so that you can take some time to figure out what went wrong. But yes, also fun and nourishing yourself, however that looks like to Mm -hmm. you, right? But having fun is a really, really important thing for projectors. And a lot of times when this comes up, a lot of people are like, I don't, I don't actually know what's fun. And it's like, I I know, I know I was there too. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and I feel like sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to have fun or to find something that's fun, that fun no longer becomes fun. Mm -hmm. So, play around and experiment, right? You could try, there's like video games, 
finding a new TV show, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like sometimes TV is people's default though, but like dancing, right? Sometimes you just got to get up and move. So Mm -hmm. dance, go for a walk, um, you know, explore your area and find out what there is to do around you. That can be a lot of fun too. Yeah, it's so true. And for those listening, Ardelia has a really awesome free challenge called the uh, Projector Pivot Challenge. And so I did that a long time ago. I think two years ago, maybe. I don't remember. Maybe not that long. But it was so amazing because I want to backtrack to what you said of like, you had a piece of, of um, on having fun and like what lights you up, what is fun. And I was like, I don't know. I truly had to like, what I love about you and the way that you speak human design is it truly is a path of deconditioning. And for me, it's like you've been so helpful in allowing me to see myself in a whole new light because with the fun example, it was like, okay, well, what I think is fun probably isn't fun to a lot of other people. Like taking a bubble bath is so fun to me. So fun. Reading a self-help book is so fun to me. Like little things like that where it's like someone might be like, what? that's not fun. Uh, Having a glass of wine by myself, you know, like these little things where I was like, okay, it doesn't have to match anybody else. It has to match me. And I think that's been such a gift with human design and everything that you bring to the table. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. And I would just want to like second that feeling like what I think is fun. Other people don't. Yeah. Because, you know, like I see on TV shows, people like in the club and they're all like dancing. Yeah. I'm like, that's my nightmare. Yes. Yes. It's like all my social engagements have to be completed by 7 p.m. I will not be out after that time. Yeah. So yes. I am right there with you. Yes. So also, um, I want to talk about the strategy. So we've we've kind of touched on this a bit. Wait for the invitation. This can be some serious, murky water for those who don't expand on the meaning of this. So in your own words, talk to us about what this means exactly. It doesn't mean you sit on the couch and wait for your phone to ring. And you do such a beautiful job of talking about this often. Yes. So... With waiting, I like to break waiting down into three different categories. So we've got having fun, which mm-hmm. we talked about. We've got the self-care, which is can be having fun for sure, but mm-hmm. ideally self-care is something that leaves you feeling refreshed. So, you know, that can be taking a nap, whereas some people might think taking a nap is fun. That's awesome. Other people might view it as self-care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's there's having fun, self-care. And then the third piece is what I like to call active waiting. And active waiting is really... I think a good thing to practice and active waiting essentially means you are taking the steps necessary to prepare for the invitation you want. It doesn't Mm. mean you're going out and like making things happen. Mm -hmm. If there's no real pushing here. Um, so like, for example, if you want, let's say you want a promotion at work, right? Instead of really pushing for that promotion or like approaching your boss and kind of like initiating that conversation, you, Like you take inventory. Okay. What do I need? Like what skills do I need to get this promotion or what skills do I need to really, you know, be a good, be a good fit for this position. And so you figure that out and then you begin to work on those skills, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you want to be, um, you know, manager of a design team, right? So you're, let's work on your design skills, right? Let's work on our people managing skills. Mm -hmm. And you can do that by like reading books or finding YouTube videos or podcasts. Like there are a lot of ways that you Mm -hmm. can begin actively waiting and preparing for that invitation. Um, But yeah, also, so with that, I like to think of it as a mix. So sometimes you may only do some active waiting, totally fine. Other times you may be like, I don't feel like I need to do active waiting. I'm just going to have fun. Awesome too. Other times you may need to do all three where you're actively waiting, you're having fun and you're nourishing yourself. There's really no right or wrong Mm -hmm. way to wait. You really take it on a case by case basis as your energy leads you. Yeah. And what I really love too, is how all three of those things, and we're going to talk about projector guilt here too, because that's something I definitely want to touch on. But what I try to reframe it as when I'm taking that mid afternoon nap and I'm like, what the hell do I think I'm doing? Like, I shouldn't be doing this is that you're truly sending signs to the universe that you're open and you're trusting and you're, you know, you're deserving of that. And so I'm trying to strip that negative mind frame (laughs) for all of that. But yeah, so 
something that you've talked about too is that it doesn't have to be a piece of mail that comes to your door with like a literal RSVP. It doesn't have to be a friend asking you to start a business. It can also be like a reoccurring question or or theme of expertise that you get asked about from your audience or the people in your life. It can be a ping within your soul, an invitation that's like from your inner knowing. And I think that's where there's there's a chunk of this conversation missing. It, It makes me sad when I've heard of projectors this was me in the beginning, by the way, feeling like they aren't in control of their own life because they're just like twiddling their thumbs um, and basically just waiting for someone to let them do what they feel called to do. So, so much time and beautiful ideas have been wasted, you know, within my own life. So I really do think it's important to shed light here on the topic and just to make it crystal clear for people that um, you are in control of your life and you aren't just waiting for somebody to knock on your door. It's kind of like a listening game and a trust factor. And you know when those invitations are correct and when they've come, come full circle. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. So let's flow into projector lifestyle. So this is the most profound thing that's changed my life and approach to not only how I view and see the world, but how I live in it and coexist in it. So I'm really excited to have you crack open here. Would you say that it's true that projectors are more sensitive to stress and high cortisol levels? I, I would assume so. Um, I think it also has to do with whether or not you have a root center defined or right. undefined right. because that is the center for stress. So if you have a defined root center, mm-hmm. um, you've got that consistent stress and pressure energy with an open root center. You can amplify the stress and pressure around you, but because of the way the projector aura works, and this is projectors in general, it is very focused and absorbing. So mm-hmm. we are, we do tend to be more sensitive to the energies around us. So I definitely think it is possible that we could be more more sensitive to that that cortisol, that stress hormone. Yeah. And so explain to me for a second about non-energy beings. I, I meant to ask you that earlier, but I think that this kind of goes into play with the topic that we're talking about right now. So can you elaborate on what that means exactly? Yes. So there are two non-energy types in human design. One is the projector. The other is the reflector. Um, Now, the reflector is really unique in that they have no defined centers in their chart. So projectors can have a minimum of two defined centers and a maximum of eight because we will never have the sacral center defined. Right. Um, So for a projector as a non-energy type, that means we do not have consistent generating energy because we don't have a defined sacral and we do not have consistent manifesting energy because we do not have a motor center connected to our throat. Mm -hmm. It is possible for projectors to be what we call energy projectors Mm -hmm. because they have motor centers defined and motor centers would be the heart center, the solar plexus and the root center. So those are the three motor centers you can have as a projector. You can have one or two or all three of them, but none of those centers will be connected to your throat center. Got it. Um, Because if they do, if they do connect, then you're a manifester. Right. Right. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me anyway. I'm sure there's some people that are like, whoa, what? Like rewind. But it's so interesting because like there are things that like my partner, Jonathan, for instance, who is a generator, it's like he wakes up and goes downstairs and can watch the news for an hour. I can never watch the news. It honestly just makes my heart rate just fly through the roof. Loud music, large crowds, sirens. I don't know how I lived in the city for so long. Super strong sense. And it just, I chalked it up to being this like sensitive human in general. But I wonder, I guess I just wonder if that's more common in projectors. Needing that like quiet, slow, you know, once you've deconditioned from living like a manifesting generator, which most of us, you know, before human design really came to our, to our attention, we're probably living that way. Yes. And I think... Also, I think that also works with that projector energy because especially like when it comes to the news, I know I have, I, I like reading the news. Mm-hmm. I love it. Especially now that we have switched administrations and yeah. things are much less chaotic. <laughs> I know. Um, but I have had times in the past where it's like, I, I just can't mm-hmm. read the news anymore. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have to take a week or two break. And I told my husband, I'm like, you can't tell me what is going on. I need to be unaware because it was just so overwhelming. Um, And then, yes, I have noticed as well, as I have deconditioned going into a really crowded venue, it is 
it's like, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And I am more sensitive to the energy in places now. So like yesterday I had, I had a physical. It's the first one I've ever had done <laughs> and they had me do blood work. And I was like, I don't want to do blood work. Cause I don't like the whole, like mm-hmm. pulling out blood. It hurts. Right. But I, I went ahead and did it. Cause I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> and, um, I went to the lab. So the lab was in a separate room in the, in the building. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and it was like, Oh my gosh, the just the energy of that place was awful. And I was like, I really don't want to be here. It was such an uncomfortable energy. And I realized that it was like the energy of pain and discomfort. Mm-hmm. And me with my open spleen and just being a projector in general picking yeah. that up. And I'm like, I really don't like this place. Yeah. So I had never had an experience that strongly before. It's mostly been me responding to the sacral energy mm-hmm. of a place and being like, this is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But to have that kind of feeling of like, I need to be, this is not healthy for me yeah. to be here was was really unusual. Yeah, I love that so much. It kind of it like relates to the intuition. And that's something that you know, really tapping into my projector self um, has helped so much. It's really been like in tandem with each other of trusting that, that um, I, I see it as a gift, truly, that we can pick up on energy so strongly, it can be really inconvenient sometimes, because you just have to do certain things that you're like, this feels terrible. But it's also that like, that fight or flight where I'm like, I always trust that. In myself like I remember one time in the city I was on a bus and I was like something's off like I do not like it I don't know what it is I got off the next stop and then there was a violent man on the bus it was on the news later that day and I was like that is so crazy it's just an example of just yeah a lot of self-trust and there are some things about being a projector that aren't always ideal Um, but I think that goes for every design and it's just been really lovely to sort of like flip the, flip the frustrations and make it into something positive and beneficial. So let's talk about sleep. So as projectors, we need a lot of it. And I know for myself, I've always needed like eight to nine hours. Um, and just even a lot of alone time during the day. And I used to get so much grief for how much I would sleep. And now that I'm more aware of like the why and people can see the benefits of what happens if I'm able to sleep and get that time alone they're more understanding but it's hard because we're really seen by people who don't understand as lazy and I think we can project on ourselves that we're super lazy and so I would love for you to just expand on on that and maybe different ways for projectors to be able to soften that judgment or um that projection, if you will. Yeah. And this is, this can be really tough because our society is so deeply conditioned towards productivity and it, and it is, it is productivity as in creating something. We need a tangible output, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are doing something that has a tangible output, that is good. You are productive. Congratulations. If you are, you know, like a projector, we are not designed to be doing all the time like Mm -hmm. generators. So when we need time to rest, which we need lots of time to rest, we are not being unproductive, right? We, because, because our energy is always processing. We take in so much energy from the environment. It doesn't matter how many centers you have open or defined, you know, generally the more undefined centers you have, the more energy you're going to take in from the environment. But even really defined projectors are still able to take in energy simply because of the way their aura works. And we are really sensitive to other people's energetic expectations. So taking in energy from the environment is exhausting, Mm -hmm. right? And just being a projector in a generator world is exhausting. So when we are like, I need downtime, I need rest time. It's not only for our physical body, which is, is, it is important to take care of that as well, but it is for our energetic body. And just because you are napping or resting or meditating or watching TV, doesn't mean you're not doing anything. Your energy is processing. It is cleansing itself. It is releasing other people's energy and getting back to your natural equilibrium. Oh, I love that's So well put. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't want people to sit there and be like, oh my gosh, I need to rest. I'm being lazy because no, Yeah. <laughs> no, if you need to rest, rest. And that is a conversation I've had to have with my, had to have with myself several times. And I've even had to message a projector friend and be like, I feel so bad about mm-hmm. resting. I feel like I shouldn't be because, you know, I have things I need to get done, but it is better for me when I rest. Yeah, absolutely. And then the same kind of goes for like how many hours of work you put in the day. What's been such like a crazy lesson for me is because I used to be more of like a manifesting generator energy where I would just head down, like wouldn't eat lunch, you know, doing what the rest of the majority of the world who are MGs, um, just following their lead. And what's so crazy now is that I am so much more productive when I have like two to three hour spurts in my day and then that's it. And that is another thing that's really hard to release judgment around because, you know, there'll be people, I've had old relationships, my partnership now, it's like, he's great and I'm very open about my human design and he he gets it. But before where they'd be like, what did you even do today? And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Just because I only spent two hours working, I got so much done. And the most important thing is that, like, my soul feels so fulfilled. I'm tapped. I'm good for today. Um, And I think that that can also be another um, deconditioning practice that's really important for projectors. Yes, yes. And on that that point about it is really comparing how much work generators get done to how much work projectors get done really is comparing apples and oranges. Totally. So with projectors, we are able to amplify sacral energy, right? So I have found that in the two to three hours, you know, two to four hours, because I tend to work like five hours is my max. I start mm-hmm. about eight or eight 30 and I end my work day and, you know, I eat lunch at 11 and I end my work day around 1230 or one. Rarely do I work past 130 because I don't have the energy for it. And I need time to rest before my kids get home so mm-hmm. I can be fully present with them. Mm-hmm. So I found that in the time that I work, I can get a lot done, probably more so than a generator can, because I am so focused and I am so efficient with my energy. I've worked with a manifesting generator client kind of as her VA, quote unquote, mm. um, which honestly is not the best position for a projector to be in, but it worked with my energy at the time. And she was like, wow, you're really efficient with things. I was like, I, I know mm-hmm. I, I get things done. Yes. So, you know, projectors can get a lot done in a short time period, mm-hmm. whereas generators work better over a longer time period. And dabbling into like a bunch of different things. Like they're very yes. good at that where we're kind of like one thing, one thing, one thing. That's also yeah. when I know I'm completely out of alignment is when I'm trying to tackle like five things at once. It just does not work does not work. So can you share some insights as to how a projector might, pro- Oop, I don't know if you heard the dogs or not. Ben's here. Um, yeah. So I would love to share some insight on how a projector might prote- protect themselves from that outside judgment, how they might be able to set up their lifestyle in a way that's safe and secure and healthy for them. Just helping others around them to understand that they're really only designed to give so much. Um, I'd love to just hear some insight from you on how they could do that. Yeah. So my first suggestion, if it is possible, is to talk with the people that are closest to you in your life. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, married or have someone that you live with a partner, you could talk with them about it mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just really be really open and honest and they may not understand immediately. They may not even believe in human design, mm-hmm. but, you know, have that conversation of look, I just, I need more rest. Yeah. I can't do as much as you can. Right. Right. Um, and help them kind of see over time that when they, when you get more rest, when you are able to take more time to yourself, you just function better. So, you know, my husband does not really believe in human design, but he knows it's like, it's all my business is about. Right. And he knows that I'm a projector because I've like told him a bajillion times. And I told him what that means for me as a projector. And so he, although he doesn't, you know, believe in or really understand human design, he knows that I need to rest. Yeah. And he knows that if I don't get that rest, things tend to not go as well in like other areas of our life. Right. So there's that. And then what also can be helpful, you know, if you live by yourself, setting up designated rest times. Mm. So like I, I put my phone on do not disturb at 
at eight, but it goes into um, screen time at seven. Mm. So at 7 p.m., I am cut off from my email, from Voxer, from my messaging apps. Everything is gone. And that makes it a lot easier for me to, at that point, focus on getting my girls ready for bed because seven is yeah. where bedtime starts. Right. Um, but, you know, if you live by yourself, have your phone go quiet at a certain time and that be your rest time. You can mm-hmm. schedule it in your calendar. And what can also be helpful is having some activities lined up already. Yeah. So it's not just like, well, I don't know what to do. I'll just sit down and watch TV. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you could have like, okay, I'll meditate today. Or I feel like, you know, working with crystals today or going on a walk today, have some different things that you can kind of put into those different slots and be able and willing to change them at the last minute. Right. So if like, as you're planning things out, you're like, Oh, today feels like a good day to like work with crystals but then it's that day and you're like I really just need to like sit and meditate Mm -hmm. um so yeah I love that so let's move into what we consume and put into our bodies I asked this without not much information on the subject to be honest but so much intrigue because I've always been so sensitive to, like, example, medication, truly. I almost always have to take, like, a fourth or half of whatever is recommended. I can't drink a lot without feeling horrible, and certain foods just don't digest well for me. Um, that doesn't seem to bother a larger part of the population. And for for the projectors that I have in my life, they're very similar. I'm curious to hear if, from your from your knowledge and your wisdom, is this a projector thing? Are we more sensitive to what comes into our bodies? Is that more of like um, a gate thing? Like, I have no idea. So that it kind of gets into a bit of the more complex uh, area of mm-hmm. human design. So there's this thing called digestion, and that has to do with the four variables, which are the arrows on either side of your right. human design chart. Yeah, um, the red and black. So Right. Yes. Um, Digestion in general for projectors. I have heard and and really digestion and human design is not so much about what you eat Mm. as how you eat. So there are some people who need to eat like when it's daylight outside. Right. So you ideally only eat when the sun is up after the sun goes down. You don't eat anymore. Interesting. And so then there are people who need to eat cold food and not eat hot food. It doesn't matter what they eat. They just need to eat cold. I mean, it just makes sure it's cold. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. And then just in general for projectors, it seems like carbohydrates are easier for us to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that I've heard. Um, And also we don't need as much meat or protein. We also need smaller meals and Mm -hmm. we can eat more frequently throughout the day. And I know for me, when I sit down to eat, I need to be, especially if I'm eating with other people, it's a lot easier for me to eat too much than Mm -hmm. it is when I'm eating by myself. Um, But I will try to give myself less food than I think I need um, because that way I'm not like uncomfortably full afterwards just because it, I don't know, it doesn't seem like I need quite as much as other people. Um, but then, so if projectors are like, I love carbs, you can eat carbs. Like yeah. That seems to be yeah. Something that's easy to break down. I'm a carbivore. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And then what are your, what do you think about, um, like alcohol and medication with projectors? Do you think there's something to that as well? I mean, I know so many projectors who just don't even drink and I don't think it's ironic that they're all projectors. Yeah. So, With alcohol, I do think it's possible just the way we are energetically to kind of have be, was it lightweights? That's the term. Um, but I think it also may have to do with, um, with the spleen Mm. because the spleen is like the, um, kind of the purification center, the, uh, the filter, it's the, the, the place for the immune system. Mm -hmm. So having an open spleen tends to mean that you have a more sensitive immune system. And that may be so that, you know, like medication as well, homeopathic remedies tend to work better for people with open spleens. Um, but then there's me (laughs) and I have an open spleen, but it, I have to take like you know, five Tylenol and five mm. ibuprofen. And it's just like, what is going on? But I think there is a genetic component to that as sure. well. My yeah. family tends to have to take lots of medicine in order to get it to work. So Got it. I'm an anomaly, I suppose. I am but too. I am the complete opposite. It's like, I need literally four times less than what feels normal. 
So I always have to be a big advocate for myself if I'm like, God forbid, in the hospital. I'm like, do not give me (laughs) all of that morphine. You will not be pleased with the outcome. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It is like there are – and that's the thing with human design too is that I always want people to not take it with a grain of salt because it is really powerful, but just be very open that just because you have um, projector friends or whatever, it's like when you get into your chart, it is so unique it is so unique, and there are so many little breakdowns. That's why working with people like you one-on-one is so helpful so that people can really dig in and get to the bottom of, like, you know, what's correct for them as opposed to, like, what's correct for their projector friend. So there's also a repellent of sorts for each design. Is that a fair way of putting it? <laughs> Something that, like, when we're not in alignment with our design that we can give off to others that isn't appealing. So what is that for projectors, and how does that show itself and come about? Yeah. So when projectors are not living in alignment, and this is not something that I have read or seen anywhere. This is just what I have kind Mm -hmm. of seen or figured out from my own experience is when projectors are not living in alignment, Mm -hmm. we tend to give off the manifestor aura and the manifestor aura is very closed and repelling. So when projectors are not living in alignment with their energy, when we are initiating or when we are doing too much or when we're trying to really push and make things happen, we actually end up repelling and pushing people away like energetically. It becomes like there's this solid energetic wall around us that people can't push through. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. The projector energy is very open and very welcoming and inviting. Um, Like our energy naturally attracts people to us when we are in alignment but when we are not it becomes the opposite and it instead of attracting people we begin to actually push them away Mm, yeah that's so interesting and it's a really horrible feeling when you catch yourself doing it and if you're not aware again it goes back to that bitterness thing where you're like what do you mean like why aren't they seeing me you know I think that that's Yeah, really, really lovely. And at times it's so interesting because like I'm definitely a friend where um, people will come to me for advice and it's usually around relationships for whatever reason, like if if they're dating or something happened, whatever. Um, And I've noticed that if I'm not in my right frame of mind, so if I have not taken the proper rest or have had fun or, you know, done the things that, um, that really light me up, my, even my advice can come off as like a little repelling. It's interesting. Cause I'm like, wait, you're the one who came to me for this, but like now you're not seeing my advice. And it really is. It's like when I'm grounded, when I'm centered, when I'm really like in my projector energy, that advice is so well received. Um, and it actually flows out of my body a lot more. It's a lot more authentic and genuine and not so like short and to the point. Um, and I just think that that's super interesting. So because we're low energy beings, how do you navigate? Okay. So I actually, am going to change this because you have kids and I know that your kids are not projectors, correct? Yes. Okay. So how do we as low energy beings, I'm not a mother yet, but keep it fun and lively without depleting yourself. So like if your kids are manifesting generators, do you buy them a trampoline and sit down in a chair while they bounce it out? Like what are ways that you can, you know, be that like fun and lively parent and interact, but also not deplete yourself? That is a great question. Yeah. So I have a seven-year-old and she is a manifester and I have a five-year-old and she's a generator. So I have two Mm. energy type children and um, my generator tends to be a little easier to work with, but it really depends on the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So as a projector parent, I find it really helpful to kind of suggest activities for them to do. Now with manifestor kids specifically, and sometimes even manifesting generator kids, they may be able to play a little better on their own just because that's in Mm -hmm. their nature. Manifestor kids especially tend to be really independent. So when my manifestor often wants to go and play by herself and Mm -hmm. not 
play with her generator sister, whereas my generator needs somebody else to play with her. Mm. So she sometimes is like, mommy, can you play with me? And it's like, oh my goodness, I really just want to not, which makes me feel really bad. Totally. I'm exhausted. Yeah. And it's like, here's my baby's asking me to play with her and she's not going to be this little for forever. So what I try to do is okay, you know, let's go play. And oftentimes she just wants me to sit there. Mm. She doesn't really need me to interact with her. She just wants me to sit and be present. So I'll do that. Or like, she wants me to sit at the dining room table with her while she plays with Play-Doh. Play-Doh is a huge thing. Um, I don't know what it is about Play-Doh, but it seems like it can entertain kids for a while. So, you know, especially with the manifestor child, because they have that open sacral, um, they may want to do calmer activities. Mm. So, you know, beating, my manifestor is really into beading, like sitting there making those bead animals, like yeah. the lizards and the bunnies. Yeah. So she likes doing that. My generator really likes playing outside. Yeah. So um, sometimes she'll she'll grab the manifestor and they'll go outside together. She'll be like, come on, go play outside with me. Um, but yeah, letting him go outside and run around and really, I think it's a matter of being present. I think that's really what all children want from their parents is to Mm -hmm. have us be present. And especially as a projector parent, that is a huge gift that you can give to your children. It's just really seeing them because we can do that. We can look at our babies and we can see them for who they are Mm -hmm. and we can see, you know, what they need right then. So, you know, project your parents. I don't want you to feel like guilty about not being able to like go run around the yard with your child. You can let the generator do Mm -hmm. that. Um, They don't really need you to do that with them. Right. Right. So, you know, offer to play with them in kind of a, a more low energy way, like playing with dolls or building construction stuff Mm -hmm. or, you know, Play-Doh, um, or even maybe having a little dance party, right? Mm -hmm. That could be fun too. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of what I would suggest is find activities your kids enjoy doing and then be present with them while they do that. I love that. That is such good advice. So, okay. The last subject that I want to move into is career and money as a projector. This is tricky. And this has become, in my opinion, like a sort of like your magic sauce lately. You've been like on fire with this. Um, I love everything that you're putting out around business. It's been so helpful. So as I mentioned, I myself started working off like a manifesting generator, (laughs) burning the candle at both ends, working in corporate and hating every second. And now it's no surprise that I own my own business. I think a lot of projectors do. Um, That feels like so in alignment with me and I just can't go back to working for anyone else. I recently just tried. But the catch here is that I often have a really hard time selling things to my audience and creating healthy work boundaries, which I know so many other projectors who feel the same. So can you talk to us about this? Why is it so hard to sell as a projector? Why does it feel so incredibly icky? And how do we flow out of that space and make it a positive or make it something that actually feels good? That's a great question. So I think part of the issue stems around how we have been conditioned Mm -hmm. to sell. We have been conditioned to sell like manifestors or like manifesting generators where you show up with this really forceful energy and you're like, this is what I have. Buy now. Only five spots left. And we put Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure on people to buy. Whereas I, for me at least, selling as a projector is really about showing up And for me, because I only have my throat and my G-center defined, Mm -hmm. it is about me being myself and speaking from my authority, from my identity and sharing really me and what I have to offer with my audience. Mm -hmm. So it is not about buy this now. It is about, hey guys, this is what I have to offer right now. This is what it's going to do for you. This is how much it costs. This is when the door is closed. If you want to come in, awesome. Here's the link. And it's much less pressure filled, Mm -hmm. but I do understand like it, because it is sometimes uncomfortable to promote yourself, but it is possible to do as a projector. Um, It's really about the energy that you approach it in. 
that kind of gets into like expectations. When we have yeah. these expectations, we put pressure on ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And I I love having a goal, right? So I love being like, I would love to have like 10 to 12 people come in, right? And then not really holding on to that really tightly, but just letting it go. Mm-hmm. Being like 10 to 12 people would be amazing and letting it go and allowing myself to just share what I am doing with the world. Mm-hmm. Um And just doing that as a projector and as it feels good. And that kind of segues into boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, So with boundaries, because, you know, boundaries and consistency, really, because the the story, quote unquote, in the online world, especially, is you have to be consistent online. You have to show up consistently to get clients. Well, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't. You show up when you feel like it, when it feels fun, when you want to. Yes. And that is how you create connection and you get clients. Consistency is not what projectors are supposed to have. You are supposed to allow your energy to guide you so that you can show up when you need to, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I want I want everybody to think about that. And then that leads us to boundaries because this is all related. Yeah. It has to do with that open totally. girl. Yeah. <laughs> so with boundaries, I before I really dove into human design, I worked like all the time. I mm-hmm. worked so much that I ended up giving myself appendicitis. Oh. So yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> but after learning I was a projector. I kind of began falling into this routine and I didn't like intentionally do this. This is just how it happened where I work in the early part of the day and then I stop. Now there may be some afternoons where like I need to get something done or like Mm -hmm. I have a client call later in the afternoon. That's totally fine. Right. If I, if that happens then I rest earlier in the day to make up for the time, I don't rest that afternoon. Right. Uh, but for me, it's really be, been, and if I'm going to work, it's going to be between these hours. And if I don't work between those hours, it's okay. So also understanding that I have a schedule, but it's not really structured. It's not really rigid. It is more fluid and it's able to flow with my energy. But if you are struggling with setting those boundaries, I would be more rigid with your rest time, mm-hmm. not with your work time, with your rest time and be like, okay, you know, from like noon to two, this is my rest time, absolute rest time. Mm. Nothing happens in that space. And then like, you know, from six to the beginning of the next day, this is my rest time. Mm-hmm. No work happens there. Mm-hmm. So it may be easier to focus on that rest time and have that be the constant mm-hmm. instead of the work time, because it is much more important for us to prioritize rest than it is work. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. I definitely had it reversed where I thought it was more like prioritizing the amount of work, not the amount of rest. So what's so interesting is that I have to have one to two hours in the, in the morning. I, I have to have that for meditation or journaling. Like I can't even go into my phone. I'm so sensitive to that. It can like jack my whole day. Um, So that's like my non-negotiable. What I've been noticing recently, and I don't know if it's just like the change in the seasons or whatever, but I need another big chunk in the afternoon. I get so tired and so worn out. And I think that's kind of what I've been playing with right now is like, that's okay. That's okay to have to have your mornings and a chunk of your afternoon to like just be. So thank you for saying that. Um, I do want to chat about social media really quick because a lot of small business owners, like you said, they um, they use social media for marketing, what have you. You, I think, you literally just took like 500 pounds off of my shoulders when you spoke about projectors not needing to be consistent because I never heard that out loud, but I felt it. And it's something where I go in and out where it's like, sometimes I'm on fire. Right. And it's like, I'm posting every day. And then sometimes like I haven't posted on one of my platforms for like weeks. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Cause if I did show up, it wouldn't be authentic. I don't have anything to share right now. And that's okay. Um, what about the not self theme that shows up within social media when something does feel in alignment. So when you share and you're like, oof, that was just juicy stuff that felt so correct to share and then nothing. Like 
what is that? Energetically, what is that? Or do you truly just think it's a wonky algorithm that we're never going to be able to get ahead of? Yeah, so that's that's a really good question. And so first of all, I always think it's a really good idea to just acknowledge what you're feeling, right? And to give yourself the space to feel that mm-hmm. if you need to. Um, so if you're like, you know what, I'm feeling bitter and angry that mm-hmm. this wasn't seen. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You can feel bitter and you can feel angry. Um, we just want to make sure that we do not stay in that mm-hmm. consistently, right? So give yourself the space to feel that. That's totally fine. After that, I do think it's also good to note that, yeah, social media is really controlled by an algorithm. Mm -hmm. So even though you showed up and you're like, yes, this is amazing. And you shared that post and you felt really good about it. It could be that, you know, factors outside of your control cause that to not be seen. It could also be that because whenever you share something, the energy connected to that stays with it, right? So on your Instagram feed, let's say you published a post, you felt really good about it, it felt really aligned, no one commented, like two people liked it. That's disappointing, right? But it is still there on your Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. And so as you continue to share posts that are aligned and feel really good for you, that's going to like build up like this, that energetic goodness right yeah and that can help attract more people to you so even if one post didn't do as well as you wanted it to that's okay I still want people to to continue sharing because it's it's like kind of the same thing that happened with my podcast right at the beginning I didn't have very many listeners but mm-hmm. I wasn't sharing for other people necessarily I was sharing because it felt good for me and it was what I needed to do at the time so but as I continue to share um not always consistently mind you Mm -hmm. as I continue to share and continue to put out those podcast episodes everything began to kind of snowball so you know it also may help to look at this as a long-term thing right Mm -hmm. um and not just focus on that one point yeah you know to, to focus on the long-term game. I really like the idea that you're presenting of looking at your grid, your feed as energy at play. I think that is so healthy and like such a beautiful mindset to look at that and be like, no, I'm proud of everything that's here. It's a true reflection of like when things sparked and also like something to, you know, say to people listening, I'm talking to myself too, but like, I don't always interact on things that move me. And it's important for us to remember that, that, you know, just because someone didn't take an action or whatever doesn't mean that they didn't read and integrate and take what you said to heart. And so I love that you're saying just keep showing up anyway. Keep showing up anyway and putting that energy into it. So I have a few questions to ask you. Last one for career, and then I'm going to ask you just a couple uh, projector questions, and then we'll wrap up. So True or false, in your opinion, is it actually harder for projectors to make a healthy, steady income? I say false because I feel like I've done it before, but I've also gone in waves where I'm like, hello, I have to buy groceries. So is that where human design can be given too much responsibility, do you think? Or what's your take on that? That's a really good question. I don't, I don't know if I actually have a true false answer because Mm -hmm. I have, I feel like it's, I feel like there are a lot of caveats. So I got to I'm thinking. No, you're good. (laughs) I want to say this. Okay. So in an ideal world, this is how projectors make money. They are paid what they are valued, right? And they are paid enough and even more than enough to cover their costs of living and whatever else. They are recognized and they are truly seen and therefore they are compensated monetarily with a value that matches what they are giving. Now, what they are giving is not always a tangible output. They are there to guide and that is, you know, or lead or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, right? But help people use energy efficiently, help see projects through, like really just coordinate, right? And people understand that projectors may not be able to coordinate on a particular day, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So that is like my ideal for projectors where they are supported regardless of whether or not they can actually show up and do on a particular day because our energy is variable. Yeah. I would say for projectors, 
living in alignment with their energy, it is not always difficult to make money. And I know this, this is such a big topic. It is. I know. (laughs) So I guess really for projectors making money, it may not look like the way generators make money, if that makes sense. And I think that's really important to understand is that we are not like any of the other types. So what happens for us is not going to be like what happens for them. Mm -hmm. It is definitely possible for projectors to make money and to support themselves and to do that consistently. Now, how that happens for, you know, everyone listening is going to be different because we are all different and we've all got different paths. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's any harder for projectors to make money than it is the other types. I think it is harder for projectors to reckon mm. with how our energy works. And our and value. open mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what are some misconceptions about projectors that you wish would change? Oh, that's a really good question. Um... So I guess the first thing would be, let me see, misconceptions about projectors. I would say that we all have to be guides, right? Or that we all have to be coaches Mm -hmm. or mentors. We don't. We can be creators. We can be podcasters. We can be YouTubers. um, And we can be like course creators and guide people and lead like that and help people shift things. Um, So I think that's the, the biggest one. And then... The second biggest would be probably that we don't have, we, we can't have a nine to five job because I know there are some projectors who are like, I have a nine to five job and I absolutely love it. And that is amazing. So like, if you are one of those projectors where you're like, I have a nine to five job and it really makes me feel happy. That's fabulous. You don't need to quit it or (laughs) anything. Right. I don't know any Um, of those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've heard from some and it's like, that's, that's great. Awesome. I know it's not for me. And yeah. I've known a nine to five job wasn't right for me since I was a kid. I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want a nine to five. Same. Um, so I would say that that's probably my other big one. Yeah. Okay. And then what about human design as a whole? Where do you think that we have the tendency to, to get it wrong or I guess over rely on human design? That's a really good question. So I think sometimes people tend to, especially around invitations with projectors, we Mm -hmm. tend to overthink things. And I understand the reason for doing that because it's like, you know, a lot of us, we found it, we're like, oh my gosh, this is life-changing, but I don't fully understand what does that mean? Do I have to wait for everything? Can I not be proactive in any areas of my life? Mm -hmm. So we tend to kind of overanalyze and take all the fun out of being a projector and, and waiting for the invitation. So I, and I think the beauty about the human design system is yes, it is a system and it is a really in-depth system if you fall like way down the rabbit hole, but at the same time, it is here to help us discover more about ourselves and how we work and who we are. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't resonate or, you know, with something that, you know, I say about projectors, or even if you're like, well, my energy doesn't work like that, that is okay. Mm-hmm. You at least know how your energy works now. That is fabulous. Yep. Take that and move forward with it. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when we just stick to a really close, literal reading of human design and we don't allow anybody any room to share their experiences, mm-hmm. we we kind of lessen and like narrow the definition of what it means to be a projector. And it's like, but that's, that's ridiculous. Or, you know, any design type. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important that we allow other people the space to share their experiences because that contributes to our collective knowledge, which in turn supports everyone else as we are, you know, figuring out what it means to be alive and to be a human and to be your particular design type mm-hmm. and strategy and authority and all of that. Oh, so beautifully said. So beautifully said. Is there anything that you would want your fellow projectors to know? Kind of like a love letter sign off of sorts. What's one thing that you want them to know? That they are doing a great job no matter where they are. Mm -hmm. 
And that, I mean, you saying that to me as a projector, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, I needed to hear that. It is something, it's again, it's being seen and recognized in whatever flow of life that you're in. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here and sharing with all, all of your wisdom with us. I'm so grateful. Um, before I let you go, where can people find you and what do you have going on right now? How can people work with you? Yeah. So thank you for having me. This was so much fun. It was fun. <laughs> Um, so people can find me. I am at thatprojectorguide.com. That is my website. Um, I'm also on Instagram, although I don't really post regularly there anymore, mm-hmm. but I am at thatprojectorguide. But people tend to, to send me messages there. So if you want to message me, that's probably the best place. Um, I also have a Facebook group, That Projector Life mm-hmm. Facebook group. Um, and what I've got going on right now, really, I've got... I do human design reading. So mm-hmm. if you're like, oh, I want to learn more about my energy, um, I do readings for all types, not just projectors. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a manifesting generator and or you're a generator, I do those too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really good way to learn more about your energy. Um, but yeah, everything essentially is on my website. Mm-hmm. And I'm always more than happy to like answer questions or have... So there you have it, my conversation with Ardelia Lee, human design expert and projector extraordinaire. I really adore her so much. She is just so calming and such a pleasant energy and um, so wise when it comes to all things projector and human design as a whole. I really hope that this episode was beneficial to those of you who are new to human design. Maybe you're deep into it as I am and you just found some relief. You found some recognition that you you were feeling like you so needed. Um, And yeah, if you are still kind of like, what the hell just happened? Like, what was all of that? I don't even, I don't even know. (laughs) Go find out your human design. And if you're a projector, I invite you to come back and listen to this again, because truly once you find out if you are in fact a projector, your mind will explode. Once you kind of like replay this all back, um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe you even don't know your design. You listened to this episode anyway, and you were kind of like, wow, yeah, that sounds like me. Definitely check it out. And I would love to know if you are in fact a projector, how this episode landed for you. You can find me over at the calm collective underscore on Instagram, communicate with me there through DM or on this podcast, um, uh, Instagram post whenever this goes live. So thank you so much for listening. And also last thing, if you feel called to do so, would love for you to leave a rating and review over on iTunes. It's such a lovely way to have this podcast grow organically and just land in the laps of people who need it most. So thank you so much. So grateful for you. And I'll see you back here next week.